Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Thursday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Back to local programming for the next seven hours. I appreciate you starting that uh, block of time here with us. BMW of Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. Bottom of hour number one. We'll check in on the Hawks with John Bowen Camp. Dodgers as well. That is his MLB team. They're on a roll. Ten straight wins for those Dodgers. Did the Cubs a favor? Picking off the Brew Crew last night. Uh, the Cubs, what a phenomenal, fascinating finish that was. My good God. Christopher Morrell. Good for him. Uh, so we will talk John Bowen Camp at 11.30. Then Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs in his normal spot 10 minutes before noon. The latest on, was yesterday the final day training camp? Did they pack up at St. Joe's yesterday or today? Yes. Yeah. One of those days. Anyways, we're going to talk Doesn't to Mitch matter. regardless of where he is. Yes. We'll find him uh, and we'll talk to him at 10 minutes to noon. Uh, the latest with Mitch Holtis. Uh, Papa John Central Iowa makes those daily visits possible. We're grateful for that relationship. We will start our number Two with Adam Rittenberg, who covers the Big Ten for ESPN.com. Look forward to catching up with Adam. And then Nick Oson, who was part of the media throng in Ames yesterday. Of course, Cyclone, uh, Cyclone Insider, 247 Sports. Is it Cyclone Insider? That's not right. Is it right? Hawkeye Insider, Cyclone Alert. Cyclone Alert. For Nick Oson. There you go. Uh, but he'll join us at 1230. He, met, uh, he and the media met with Shieldhouse. Uh, Haycock, I'm not sure who else, but we'll get the latest from Nick. Glad to hear from Shieldhouse. Yeah, I am too, Trent. Yeah. I'm with you. Because um, I want to find out about the, how the quarterback battle is going, if there is a leader. Yesterday, apparently, there wasn't. Uh, we'll see if there uh, anything more came out of that press conference. And then Trent's plays of the day right before we get out of here at 1 o'clock. So Had a winning day. You did. Finally, 2-1, and one, yeah. Well, you'll take it. Yes. You'll take it. You claw your way start. back to 500, but yeah. you've got two days left in the yeah, week. Absolutely. Not a lot of baseball tonight. There is NFL preseason football tonight. Is that where you're going to be? I think so. Yeah. Yep. Uh, a little bit of uh, the Cardinals, just because I want to see Wainwright. Why? Who's pitch- I just, I, you know what? I, I root for old guys. Well, so do I, but old guys that still got it. Yeah, but you know what? Not you, old guys that stink. When you're driving down 235 heading home and there's you know something on the side of the road, you're going to slow down and take a look, aren't you? Well, yeah, yeah, of course you are. Had that last night on our way out to the oh, fair. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. Well, you went to the fair yesterday. Oh, we did. I didn't know that. Yeah. So was that in the plans all day long, or was that just come out of the spur of the moment? Well, or? yesterday I was, uh, or the day before, I was recording updates and doing our liner for the next day, and Mike Dorwart, one of our uh, head people here, mm-hmm. came in and said, hey, going to the fair? I said, ah, we don't have it in the books, and I got some extra tickets. Oh. <laughs> so that made it a little easier. Yeah. All right. So we got that, and then went out and proceeded to spend way too much money at the fair. So night. where did you park? Did you bus in, or did no, you? No, no. We, we parked in just the main you know, area right off of university there. Uh-huh. Pulled in. Uh, in fact, right when we pulled in, the winds were picking up, you know, 5, 30, 6 o'clock, yeah, right whatever that was last it was night. windy, yeah. And one of the tents that like the ticket takers were standing under blew onto somebody's vehicle. Oh, no. And I think scratched it up pretty oh, well. Oh, boy. So they were like right in front Scrabbling of us. Scrabbling so, to get that yeah. to the, so were you able to sneak in Ooh, without yeah, paying your went freight? Went over to the other one. And we, no, we still paid, but we were able to sneak over to the other lane and get by with all that commotion that was happening. And 
It's just the fair. But I, did you enjoy big, it? Did I, the kids enjoy it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, we didn't do any rides. We didn't do any of that. We walked around, went and saw the butter sculpture, ate some food. Is it as bad in person as it looks it's online? It's better in person. Is it? Yeah. It's not great. Mm-hmm. But it's carving something out of butter, too. I, it can't be easy. Okay. I, I, I know. I shouldn't be critical of, of that. Of the three, Jack Trice, Kurt Warner, Caitlin Clark, the Kurt Warner one was probably the closest mm-hmm. where you could kind of see it, you know, and those kind of things. Were what, there a lot of people that were standing in line to see those sculptures? We got there as that was closing, so it wasn't a ton of people. It didn't even make it to the Varied Industries building. It used to close at 9. It closes at 8 now, apparently. Mm. So it wasn't able to make our way in there, but... You know, it was it was the fair. We do it every year. That's enough. What did I'm you good. eat? Had a corn dog. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Had for dessert dessert a malt, oh, which wasn't very good. Really? Yeah, I was really disappointed in that. And that was oh, and I tried the award for the newest uh, the state fair food. State fair food. Yeah, yeah. It was the deep fried. Grilled cheese with like brisket and mac and cheese inside of it. Well, it sounds good, but it doesn't sound real good for you. No, it's definitely not. I couldn't get through it. It was it, that rich. Huh? It would have been really good if it wasn't deep fried. Mm-hmm. If it was just a grilled cheese with brisket and like mac mm-hmm. and cheese inside of it. But the deep fried just it didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. A little disappointed in that. But you've had a bad streak. Started with O last yes, week. Yeah, it's, I know. Uh, I know. Jeez, well, football season's coming. We're going to turn things around. O and five on Monday. Yeah. It's been week. a bad week. Bad yeah. week. Anyway. Air conditioning went out. Oh, you told me that. That's yes. brutal. Thank you to Shaw for uh, hooking us up, by the way, and uh, getting us on the schedule because Jack's birthday party is Saturday. Yeah. And have you seen the weather forecast for next week? Four straight days, yeah. at least my phone, mm-hmm. in the hundos. Yeah. 95 on Saturday when we're going to have 40 people in the house. Oh, my God. With no air conditioning. Oh, geez. That would have gone well. So they got us on the schedule for tomorrow. And away we go with our new air conditioning and new HVAC unit. Mm. And that's a pretty penny. Yeah, I bet. I need to win some more bets. <laughs> yeah. Well, good luck to you. Yeah. Uh, I know that uh, the people that uh, rely on you to win some more bets will be listening today at 10 minutes before 1 o'clock and hoping you do just that. Well, I got, we got to start with the Cubs. What a remarkable finish to that game last night. Um, look, I get Morrell's going to get all the attention because of the three-run bomb to win it, right? Mm-hmm. Michael Fulmer was unbelievable. This guy comes in in the eighth inning. The guy that uh, started the uh, the inning was the kid they picked up from uh, the Royals at the deadline line i think his name is quas c-u-a-s is mm-hmm. that how you say it? Quas? I, I believe so too yeah uh, and he couldn't get anybody out nope. i mean he was just atrocious couple of walks gave up a yep. hit yeah yep it, it was a wild ugly. pitch in there mm-hmm. um so fulmer inherits the bases loaded and they're down at that point three zip and he threw 11 pitches and struck out the next three dudes on 11 pitches two of them swinging one of them looking but stranded the bases loaded. And a pretty good part of the order, yeah, too. Yeah, it was, it was Luis Robert. It was... Uh, Mancada. Mancada was in there. Who and then the, Vaughn. And then Vaughn, right at the very end. Yes, yes. you're right. He was the last one. Um, yeah, but Luis Robert started. It comes up, bases loaded. You're, the night before, he took one out of the ballpark deep. Um, but Fulmer was unbelievable. So Madrigal hits a home run. Mm-hmm. You know, gave him a little bit of a spark. Bottom yep. of the eighth. All right, maybe. You know, the reason I'm, I'm glad I'm invested in this. Stuck with it. And then Morrell does what he did on a two-strike pitch. Might have been one and two, two and two at the time, but he he was down two strikes um, and deposited one in the basket in right center, and the place went absolutely crazy. And him rounding the bases with that smile from Mm -hmm. ear to ear. Taking off the jersey. Oh, peeling off the jersey between third and home. (laughs) 
Um, it would have been fun to be at Wrigley Field last yeah. night to see it in person. That was now, one would where... I have? No, because I'd left. Well, of course, yeah. <laughs> that was one where I was just so disappointed that I didn't see it live. Yeah. And, you know, you have those moments over the course well, of a baseball. You with your kids. Yeah, it's, it's going to happen. But sure. As I was catching up and I'm like, oh, I missed yeah, that moment. That was unreal. You said it got you out of your chair. It did. It did. Yeah. And it was certainly post 830. Well, that, true. It was. It was. It was. After, I think it was after nine. I don't know whatever time it was, but uh, they creep closer to that seventy-seven and a half that we both need mm-hmm. to cash our tickets. You know, the more I was thinking about that, I hate betting a little to make betting to make a little. Right? Mm-hmm. My money's been t- as everybody's is betting futures on win totals. I mean, I bet seventy-five dollars on the Cubs to go over. Yeah. I'm gonna think I get seventy back or sixty-eight or mm-hmm. what? My money's tied up all year, and they're gonna give me sixty-eight bucks. That's not right. It's Give me not. 30 to 1. But if you had a bunch of them. I guess. If you bet 10 of them and you went uh-huh. 7 and 3. Go, so go 6 and 0 oh in each of the divisions like we try to do at Mediacom. <laughs> I did it once, but still. Yeah. It's just that's the rewards. It kind of feels empty. Yeah, you're going to cash your ticket. But you're going to all of a sudden have this money in your account come October. And, and I'll find some more exactors with the Cowboys on top oh or the Jets God. on top or whatever catches what? my fancy after 830. What a seems like buddy. a good idea. I'll see, you know what? I'm going to show you. I'm going to cash it. I'm going to get one of these tickets home this year. Well, you better. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, because it didn't go very well in hockey. I had a bad year. Didn't go bad, good in the NBA, no. right? I, the Chiefs won and I lost money. I mean, I got half my money back. College basketball? Uh, yes, I did. I did, but, but I had UConn. You did. I did okay there. Uh, I don't have the Dodgers. Yeah, that's And I don't have a single ticket on the Dodgers. So anyways, you got to leave somebody out. Yeah. You came up yesterday with something we didn't have time to get into. Mm-hmm. And I thought about this... Um, um, I don't know. Throughout the, periodically throughout the night, last night, I like this. What you want is the exercise that we're about to uh, undertake here, and this is fast forwarding to next year. And everybody's in there. Well, not everybody. We don't care about the SEC teams. Right. Well, we do, but not yeah. for the not for this exercise. There's two. There's two conferences that move the needle, right? The Big Ten and the Big Twelve. So we're going to fast forward and try and do a power rank by what we know. This year, had it had this year been next year with these rosters, mm-hmm. and I think on one hand, well, not exactly. Oh, so I thought I was thinking about it wrong. I was thinking of it not just where they are as a team for that year, just as a program. More, who okay. is the best program in the Big Twelve? The hierarchy of the new Big Twelve. What it's going for to be. football? For football, this is a football. See, I think that's an easy answer. Well, number one at the top of the list is... It's Utah. That's where I was. Who's number two? And we, you're, I think I know who I, uh, who I believe it will be. I think it'll be different from what you think. I think it's Texas Tech. Next year. Are, you, are, are we going history? Or is this for just next year? Not, not for a year individually. Okay. Just... What these programs are going to be for the foreseeable future, okay. say the next, the following five years. See, I still think it's Texas Tech. I love you what do. McGuire's doing. I think K State's in the conversation. Oklahoma I think State. Baylor, Oklahoma State, but of the other quote corner schools, Arizona State and Arizona have been bad in football. They Colorado have. has been awful. They had mm-hmm. one or two. I mean, back in the nineties, um, but that's a long time ago. So if we believe Whittingham is going to still continue to be I think, Utah for the yes. next three, four years. I think they come in as the, uh, the brand. 
the brand, the power, and the powerhouse might not be. Yeah, they're a good team. They are a good I team. I mean, they win Pac-12 championships. Right. Utah, we agree, one. Mm-hmm. Two. Who's your two? And I can't. I use a little bit of history, what they have been recently. That's kind of a part of it, too. And it's Oklahoma State. Okay. I don't think Gundy's going to have a bounce back, but pretty much every time we don't think he has a bounce back, he has a bounce back. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I'll put Oklahoma State at number two. Plus infrastructure, what they have. Mm-hmm. Financially, mm-hmm. they're very viable. Mm-hmm. Because Pickens of, is dead now, you know. He is, but I don't know what he left behind. Yeah, I'm sure. and they're still in good shape. Yeah. So I would put Oklahoma State at two. I need to see it from Texas Tech. I know everybody's excited. Uh-huh. You know, what they've done on the recruiting trail, mm-hmm. all those Texas connections, obviously, that he has from the high school ranks. I, I understand that. I still need to see more. Okay. We haven't seen this program ascend since Gundy's team in, what was that, 2007? When they made that big yeah. run. That's a long time ago. Yeah. It was a long, long time okay. ago. Maybe even further back than that. But regardless, I got to see it before I'm willing to put them up there. K-State, Clyman's there, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. They need to be in the conversation. So, yep. And then... I don't think you said them. TCU played the college football playoff. I know last they year. did. I know they did. Is there sustainability there? That's why I. That's why I struggle. I would have it: Utah, Oklahoma State, K State, mm-hmm. TCU, and then maybe UCF. I am so because interested. of the Florida th- angle. They got money. They have one of the best, biggest universities in the country. Mm-hmm. It's a commuter school, but still. It's a lot of alumni, mm-hmm. a lot of people that can write checks. And if all of a sudden there's a path to the college football playoff every year, they have a new stadium, I think there's a real possibility. Who's that would a, be my top five. Oh, let's okay, go to the bottom. Who resides in the basement? Of Colorado. Where? Not close. See, I don't think it is. because Is Dion there? No. If, they're, if he wins seven games, he's gone. He's taking the Auburn, John. He's going to South Carolina. They've, been there, they've, they've got history. I mean, it's way back history. Way back, yeah. But they've got history. You know who I think's on the bottom? On the bottom is Kansas. No, because I think their error's pointing up. Cincinnati. No. <laughs> I think it's Arizona. Arizona. I don't think that the Arizona fan base is pumped up about going to the Big 12. Arizona I'm, State, you mean. Arizona State. Yeah. That's the fan base that's that, that hates screaming. It. Yeah, yeah, well, that's the press. But I'm not sure the Arizona fan base is, too. I know that the media is. Um I'm just not, I think I put the Arizona schools with question marks beside their names. Both of them, I'm with uh-huh. you there. BYU, now back in now, the conference. Now, BYU's going to be fine, I think. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be fine, ultimately. Where's Iowa State? They're down the pecking order. In the order. 18... In the 16. Where's that, 16? 16. 16 team league. Okay, 16 team 18 league. for the Big Ten, 16 for the Big 12. Okay. All right. They're below the five that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Would you put them... Knowing that West Virginia likely is going to have a new head coach, and you're looking at the next five years, what program will be in better shape, West Virginia or Iowa State? Uh, certainly, historically, West Virginia is mm-hmm. it's not even a conversation. Put Iowa State below them. Would you put it below Baylor? I would. Tech, yes. The aforementioned TCU, Oklahoma State, K-State, Utah. They're in the double digits, certainly. How far into those double digits, though? Mm. Isn't that 18? I'm trying to do the math mm. in my head. Nope. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, right. Could you put them last? Do. No, I didn't. You'd put the Arizona schools below I them. would. 
Really? Yes. Because I'm not so sure that they're into it. Um, Arizona's got a new coach. Yeah. Got a little momentum. They got mm-hmm. a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Delaria did some things for him a year ago mm-hmm. as a freshman. Look, I think the bottom line is it's it's got a lot more difficult for Iowa State. Yeah, I'm with you. And now basketball wise, look, you're, you're, November's going to show up on the and ca- every on the calendar every single year. So you look forward to that. Um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. So they're down the hierarchy mm-hmm. when we look towards the foreseeable future. How about the Big Ten? Where does Iowa fit? In this new Where does game. Iowa fit in the Big Ten? So at the top, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I think they fit below the four schools that joined from the Pac-12. All of them. UCLA. Of them. Yes. UCLA hasn't done much in thirty years. Yeah, but they're still there's UCLA. Right, and they haven't done much in thirty years. Mm-hmm. Yep, I I still put them below. I would put them below. I think that. So you have Iowa pushing double digits. Uh, let me let me start. Okay, I've got um, Michigan. Michigan, Ohio, Ohio State. State, and Penn State. USC. USC. And then it gets tricky. Wisconsin. Oregon. Oregon, yes. Is in the conversation. Washington. Okay. And then you start filling in the blanks, I think. And then I was on the list. I think Nebraska's on the list. I think Wisconsin's on the list. So I think probably, yeah, Trent, to, to your point, I think they're probably in the double digit, early double digit range. I'm not with you on the UCLA side, but Rutgers, Maryland, they're ahead of them. Purdue. Northwestern. Northwestern. Illinois. Rutgers. If you're talking about the next five years, Kirk Ferris is not going to be there five more years. No. And we saw it in basketball. One bad coaching hire mm-hmm. can derail things <laughs> yes, very quickly. That's true. Now, the infrastructure for Iowa football is much different than Iowa basketball, and uh-huh. I understand that argument from the football side. But the... The knowledge of what this Iowa program went through. When they hired Steve Alford, you were on the air. Yes. Thought it was a good hire. Thought he was going to be a star. Yeah, I did. And goes out and beats the defending national champion mm-hmm. UConn in the first game. Right, they in weren't Madison good, Square Garden. And then year two, they hit the ground running. Uh-huh. Luke Rutgers out there, and they got Ryan Hogan, yep. and both those guys get hurt. And then the hits fall off. Made the run in the Big Ten tournament, but mm-hmm. you thought that was going to work, and it yep. didn't. It was a step back from what Dr. Tom had built. No question. And then it cratered. But it started out thinking, all right, now yeah. I get it. Yes. But it didn't work. It, you're right. And that looked like a home run hire. Mm-hmm. One bad hire. In this new Big tw- Big Ten, this thing can crater mm. very quickly. It can happen. Yeah. You went 20 years without a winning season. No, I know. I mean, <laughs> this is not Ohio this State. Is, this this is really this is a difficult exercise. It's it's um, for bo- for both of our um, in-state mm-hmm. schools. It doesn't paint a real great picture. No, it doesn't. When it's, you try to do that, it's you're hundred percent right. And the parameters are are pretty open. I mean, yeah, you can. Well, you make the argument. Look at what I was done the last forty five years. Okay, yes, infrastructure is there. Uh-huh. They spend on football. You can have those things, but all of a sudden UCLA with this new influx of money and mm-hmm. UCLA, their student athletes still had to go to the resident hall to get their food. Hmm. They still had to use the old punch card system. I mean, they were so far behind what everybody else in the Big Ten has been doing for 15, 20 years now. And now, to your point, UCLA, with that money, with Mm -hmm. that structure, playing in this league and becoming now part of the Power Two, maybe this UCLA program finally does ascend to what it probably should have been. Does one of the newcomers take the top spot? I mean, it would be USC. Well, maybe it's not. Maybe it's Oregon. Maybe it's Oregon, right. 
And now Oregon, those kids, those the next tier kids that aren't going to USC, but they're fighting Cal and Stanford mm-hmm. and the Arizona schools. And, and that next tier California kid, well, USC, I didn't get the offer, but where would I rather go? Maybe Oregon even ascends further. And we know obviously what they do on the national scale yep. of recruiting. That definitely could be a program Boy, that, the, that is right up there. The Big Ten is going to be a you-know-what, isn't it? it is. My God. Enjoy this year, Hawkeye Holy fans. mackerel. And then, and then, I mean, the Big 12, where does Iowa State fit in? And, and now, just this just in, the athletes are expecting to be paid now. Can you keep up? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, Can the, you keep me? You're sharing your beer revenue with two other beers. Yeah. It's, it's not <laughs> just, a stretch. It's just utterly ridiculous. If we were not in the state of Iowa... It would not be a stretch to have them 16th when you're power When you're talking about Iowa State. Yes. It's not a stretch. And it's the same thing. It's not a stretch for Iowa to have them. Double digits. In the double digit uh-huh. range. It's, it's not being. Because I've got the four newbies ahead of them. Uh-huh. I've got the three teams in the east ahead of them. Mm-hmm. And then you start filling in the blanks. Wisconsin, if you believe in Luke Fickle, it's an mm-hmm. easy sell. Mm-hmm. What Bielema's building at Illinois, that's an easy sell. It is. Nebraska, Matt Rule, he's done it Looks at like Temple he has, and Baylor. Exactly. Not, not the easiest places to win. And he did it there. Uh-huh. Minnesota, we'll see. Mm-hmm. I know Phil Fleck has never beat Kirk, but again, mm-hmm. Kirk's not going to be there. What if all of a sudden it clicks for Maryland? They've recruited well. Well, you like them this year. I, I do. I think they're going to hit over their win total this season. Michigan you State. You know, we just we about, about we didn't Michigan State. Didn't we bring them up? And all of a sudden, you, you kind of start stacking these teams up and... Uh-huh. I mean, we're, we're 12th out of 18 teams, uh-huh. 13th. And Iowa State's 15, 14, mm-hmm. 16. Yeah. But this is not the path I wanted to go today. No, it's not either. I thought this was going to be fun. I did too. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, I mean, we got accused yesterday of hating Iowa State. What? I mean, we gotta, you guys really struggle to find anything positive. No, we don't. November's coming. Basketball will be here. It's going to suck for football. It's hard to come up with. I a just tried, we've tried. I've tried to put lipstick yes. on this pig. We have tried a multitude. They of won times. one game last year. They lost five starters to gambling. The over under of three and a half in conference play, and to think, oh, that's no problem. No, it's not. They're not going to hit three and a half. They're not going to win four games in conference. God, I hope I'm wrong. Yes, we want it relevant. We sat here and talked about a two and twenty. Basketball team. I'll, set you, after every single I'll, I'll game. let you know in a little secret. When Iowa State is bad, that little book that comes out four times a year that we rely on in the radio business, I can't say the word starts with R. It's not good. Yeah. Because clone fans tune out. Mm-hmm. Click. Like they already have here this morning. Probably. No, they will. They'll be back at one. Um, or maybe for Nick Oson at 1230. 11.25. Miller and Condon underway. And a, what is this? A miserable start to the it show. It was, man. I thought this was a good idea, Condon. This is all your fault. Play me. Yeah, take me down that path yeah. with you. Miller and Condon, 11.25. We'll be joined by John Bowenkamp next. Uh, it's Des Moines Sports Station, 106 Careers. Back, it's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller 
here until 1 o'clock. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk to Mitch Holtz's voice of the Chiefs, 10 minutes before the top of the hour. Hour 2, Adam Rittenberg covers the Big Ten for ESPN.com and Nick Olson. Uh, Iowa State for 24-7 SportsCycloneAlert.com. John Bowenkamp from the Associated Press, amongst others, joins us. We talk a little Hawkeyes, but before we do that, let's talk about those Dodgers. John Bowenkamp, you are the... Uh, the, uh, the the past president or the current president of the Dodgers fan club here in the state of Iowa. Um, I think I think it's it's an, it's an, it's an, it's a long, it's a lifetime thing in perpetuity. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, yeah. You're you're your yeah. grandfather. You're the guy. Uh, they've won ten yeah, in a row, right. John. Uh, Trent and I looked at this roster yesterday. I don't think it's as good a roster as they've had in the last few years. You might argue otherwise, but yet here they are on a real run. Uh, and closing in on the Braves for best record in the National League. I, I mean, I, I think it's a group of guys that, that work well together. And I mean, I think, you know, you look at their trade, their trade deadline acquisitions. Everybody just kind of went, you know, kind of, you know, shrugged their shoulders at them. And all of those guys have been really good. And 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 they found roles for them that whatever team they were on before didn't find. You know. So it's it's a different. I mean, it's just a different team, and it's. I mean, it it they've figured things out, and they've also had they've also got some prospects they're playing too. That guys are starting to kind of figure it out, and so I, I think it's kind of all come together here in the last you know last couple of weeks. Question becomes: Come playoff time, what will the playoff rotation look like? And we talked a little about this yesterday. Walker Bueller, if he comes back, what just a bullpen arm? If he comes back, I, I, I don't think they're going to push that. I mean, they they may look at him. They may look at him a little bit in September if he's if he's healthy. But I, I just don't think they're going to push that. I don't think they want to do that. And um, so, I mean, you're looking at you've got Kershaw, you've got Lance Lynn, you've got you got you know Julio Urias, you've got you know those those guys and Bobby Miller. And so, I think that's probably going to be your four. You know the way they the way they have always handled that pitching staff. It's you know your starters are only going to go about five innings anyway in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and so sometimes I don't I, I I would like to think it should matter more than what it does to them. And I mean, because in my mind, your your plan should be how do you get the first fifteen outs, and then how do you get the next twelve? And their plan is always well, how do we get twenty seven? And that can get you in a little bit of trouble, and it got them in a little bit of trouble last year against Padres, and it cost them the series. Uh, so, you know, hopefully they'll be a little bit better up front this time around. Who's the MVP of the National League if the voting was today? Is it still Acuna? Yeah, but I think Freddie Freeman has made a pretty strong I game. do, too. I do, and, too. And, and I think Mookie Betts is doing that, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, that's, that's the one thing about this team. is you, you got those two at the top of the lineup. And then everybody behind them has kind of just settled into certain roles, and and they're I mean that's it, it's just a really good lineup right now, and it's and they've got good pieces. They're they're balanced. They've got you know right-handed guys off the bench, lefties off the bench. Um, they've kind of put themselves in a pretty good spot right now. All right, you ready to talk a little Hawkeyes? Let's do it. Sure, why not? Kate McNamara went down with the quad injury, a strain. Medical experts will say this could be a one to four week injury. What have you heard, John Bowenkamp, about McNamara? I haven't really heard anything, and I mean, and I think that's probably I mean, 
it's probably it's like Kirk said, it's a day to day thing, and um, you know, I mean, I, I I would imagine that that he will. I'm still penciling him into the opener. I really am. I I just I don't know how bad it was, but you know, I I just I think he's going to be ready. He's going to be ready at some point. I don't think it's as serious as you know what people kind of let on the other day. But but I mean it it was enough to scare everybody when you see the quarterback that everybody was banking on mm-hmm. who's had a history of knee problems, and all of a sudden he goes down and you know and and I think everybody kind of held their breath on Saturday, and you know and so so I mean we'll know more here in the next week or so when we get Kirk again, but. You know, right now, I think everybody's just kind of kept everything pretty close to the vest at this point. Well, he does have that history, as you mentioned. Uh, and and let's, let's just go to the worst-case scenario. that He does have to miss a game, even two. Who would be next? Labus has been banged up. What have you seen from Deacon Hill um, in either – he was there in the spring, wasn't he? he yeah, was. he was, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, in the spring or then uh, this, this past Saturday when you were able to, to witness uh, practice. What have you seen in Hill? Did you, did you anticipate it would be him if McNamara can't answer the bell? Yeah, I would, I would imagine so just listening to what Kirk said on Friday. And I, I think Kirk and them really like him. I think they really like what he does, and I think they feel they feel a lot more confident in him this year than they did in Alex Padilla last year. And you know, and I and I've said this before, where when we talk about the quarterback room, I said you know I thought they were I mean, clearly better as a, at a starting quarterback, but I thought they were better at number two. And I and I really I have no I have no qualms with him starting, and you know, and I and I don't think Kirk does either. I mean, just listening. The way he talked about him on Friday, I, I think they really like what he's done. And, you know, he's had a spring in the system. He's had a summer in the system, and now he's had August in the system. Um, I, I think he would be more than prepared and more than capable of doing the job they needed, especially in September when you've got some games when you don't need a 300-yard passing day. Um, you know, so... I, I think that I, I think they're they're really confident in what he can do, and and, and so I am. I mean, I, I just think I just think they're a lot better off of that in that backup spot than they were a year ago. Deacon Hill versus Rocco Brett, week two. Get your tickets Oof. now. If uh, the injury to McNamara <laughs> turns out to be what it is, all right, John. Continuing on the offensive line, I've read some conflicting things. Some people said. Now, they're always overwhelmed. We know the defense is ahead of the offense. All the caveats you throw in there. I've heard that the run blocking was okay. That definitely a step forward from a year ago. What was your takeaway with the offensive line and what you've seen as they try to find the right parts and got to be better up there? I, I, they do have to be better up there. And, and I, I think I'm a little I, – I, I was a little disappointed. I thought they'd be a little bit further along mm-hmm. than, than what I think they are. Um, but this, this has always been – with the exception of last year, I mean, because I don't think they were really that much better at the end of the year than they were at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, this has always been a line that gets better. Um, so, you know, you take what you saw on Saturday with with what it is because, you, you, you know, yeah, you are going against a really good defensive line. At the same time, they're going to be seeing a lot of really good defensive lines, you know, once you get into conference play. Um, you know, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait to see them against an actual opponent before you start to kind of judge things. But I, I really thought maybe they'd have some things a little bit more ironed out than what they do right now. Of the two transfer receivers, Anderson and Brown, were you on the Anderson camp after what you saw Saturday? 
I, I, I always have been, and I, and I, and I think that because I think he's kind of everybody's looked at the other names, and and we didn't really see him in the spring, and so, but I just with his bloodlines, with his experience, I, I think he's kind of been on the under the radar with this receiver group, but I always thought he was going to be really good, and part of that's my. My Rams DNA because he's you know Flipper Anderson's son, so <laughs> right. I'm gonna I'm gonna think he's the son of Flipper. He's gonna be really good, um, but but I do think that that there is a I, I think he's he's kind of like I said flown under the radar a little bit, and I think he's gonna be really good when when they get it. And he's gonna be one of those guys that nobody thought about, but I think he's gonna be really good. The defensive line's gonna be good, and it got better. Brian Allen, who was probably, what, the 11th defensive lineman coming into camp at best, and now he's out there just wrecking things on Saturday. Up front, I don't think it's hyperbolic, John. This has to be the deepest defensive line in the country. Yeah, and I mean, and, 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 and their best defenses have been the ones where they've had the defensive lines where you're just continually rotating guys in. So guys aren't playing, you know, I mean, playing every snap. You're bringing in different groups. And you think back to that that 2015 line and the way it was. If you this line has that kind of depth, I think. And when when you can do that, when you can just keep plugging guys in there, and you know, and keeping you know, let them get some rest, and you're going against offensive lines that are in there on every play, you eventually start wearing down teams. And and I think that's what this defense is going to do. I think they're just going to wear down so many teams this year, and you can see that in the depth of this defensive line. Hmm. Uh, where are you as uh, as far as the the West, John? Are you buying Wisconsin? Are you buying Illinois? A, a little stock in Minnesota is the team that's going to push Iowa, or maybe I was going to push. Who do you have? Uh, I was, I guess they're going to have to beat whom to win the West? Uh, you know, you still always just think it's got to be Wisconsin, and in my mind, it is that way because that's the road. That's one of the road games this yeah. year in, in in division play. So in my mind, if you can get that one early, that kind of sets you up for later in the year when you've got Illinois at home, um, you know that sort of thing. And, and you can be in, the, you can kind of, you can kind of set a tone. I think if you win that Wisconsin game, you lose that Wisconsin game, and then you're you're chasing the rest of the year. So in my mind, that whether whether I think Wisconsin is going to be the, the main contender or not, I just think that game kind of sets them up one way or the other in whatever journey they're going to take in this division. Going to be an interesting year, no doubt. Uh, tried to get some tickets this morning. For what? At Kinnick, for the crossover at Kinnick. With Did the you Iowa see women's. how many people have snapped them up already? Well, I couldn't get tickets together. Couldn't get tickets together. This was at 9.06. They went on sale at 9 o'clock. And there was only two sections that were available that even had pairs that were next to each other. I was trying to get four together for me, the wife, and the kids. And it wasn't going to happen how many people are they going to put inside a Kinnick Stadium? Twenty nine thousand, I heard. Oh, they're going to they're going to throttle that number, John. What do you think? Yeah, I how, did. Did it show on there what the court set up? Yes, it's in one of the end zone, in the it's north about, end zone, north end zone. And I think they cut north off is what the forty yard line or something like that. But general mission, don't you okay. just keep opening it up? I guess as far as they want, right? Yeah, right. Put, put it on the screen. You know what? Hey, hey, if if that demand is there, I let put those people in there. And it, yeah. they have terrible seats. I agree. Sell the tickets. And um, I, I I figured it would be in one of the end zones. And, and I obviously then the north end zone is going to be for the suites, which mm. I'm going to assume that's where they're going to put the media. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah. I, I think this is, 
I think this is going to be really cool. I hope it's like sunny and 70 that day. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, most people attention at that point will be on the Dodgers, but I still think we'll draw good <laughs> Not the football program will be. I'll be watching the Dodgers. John you Bull. bet. Yeah. No, I think this is a great idea. I do, too. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yep, I do, too. And you can't buy a ticket for uh, for a regular season game. I mean, every ticket no. is gone, right? I mean, it's, I know the yep. season tickets are, but every seat's full. Every game. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm in a good way. Yeah. Holy mackerel. Yeah, it's it, it is fascinating. This whole thing is fascinating to watch. Mm. And I'm kind of glad to have been kind of on the ground. Floor. You were. I think it's a lot of fun to watch, yeah. So. You were there when there were hundreds, maybe dozens of people yeah. at some games. Yeah. My good gosh, it's unreal. Thanks, John. Appreciate it, my friend. Good to talk to you. We'll talk to you down the road, John Bowenkamp. Thank you. Thanks. Have a good one. Yep, you do the same. John Bowenkamp. That's incredible. It is. You can't get four seats together already. Couldn't get two. Well, we couldn't get, get two. You could get two. But not three. Huh. Yeah. And then it was, well, all right, you get two and two. But even the rows, like, it was in the upper part, too. And even getting, like, two in front, two behind, couldn't do that. It was, like, two rows separating us. Hmm. Yeah. Nuts. What if it rains? Well, then they move it into Carver. Right. And well, what they you can buy tickets that were rain or shine. Okay. If not, so those people. So how much yes. extra was? Because it was ten bucks, right? For, yep. for Kinnick, if and you five want, bucks for kids, and five bucks for kids. But rain or shine tickets were how much? Twenty. Gotcha. Yeah. So you got a little safety net if indeed there is rain. You. But I think get... those were snapped up right away too. I don't even Holy think they went mackerel. on sale to the general public. Whew. This thing's gonna have. If they keep opening up and just allow general admission for as many people as possible, at five ten bucks a crack. Is she the most influential athlete in the history of uh, the state of Iowa sports? You can make the argument very clearly because of what sports are today. Mm-hmm. The way that they're followed, the way... Mm-hmm. Now, Kinnick, that was 100 years ago. Yep, so is Jack Trice. Right. Yeah, what they became and what the stories mm-hmm. are are important. Yeah, not minimizing those one bit. But in terms of, as you stated it, most influential? She is. Yeah. I don't even know who's second. Iowa had a national player of the year a couple of years ago in men's basketball, uh-huh. Luca Garza. Mm-hmm. Great player, great story, yep. beloved Hawkeye. Yep. He didn't change the game. Nope. He didn't have this kind of command. Nope. He had plenty of seats available. Sure. At Carver for his games. Yes. Good teams. Uh-huh. Not the case here. Never seen anything like it. Miller and Condon, it's a Thursday. We'll be joined by Mitch Holtz as we come back. The Voice of the Chiefs. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3.com for details. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Papa John's in Central Iowa. They make this segment possible each and every day. Mitch Holt is back with us, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Get the latest with Mitch. Mitch, Trent, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, Mitch Holtis? Well, it's a mad scramble. We uh, had last day of school here, last day of training camp with Military Appreciation Day, and it's a breakdown, tear down of our stuff, load it up, unload it, and get ready to go to Phoenix tomorrow. Uh, for a Saturday night game or Sunday? Saturday, right? Yeah. With the Saturday night game central time. It'll be 5 o'clock Pacific time there, 5 o'clock kickoff and 7 o'clock in Des Moines. It is a quick turnaround, three days in St. Joe. So what's it like as you guys are departing St. Joe? I mean, getting equipment moved and everything else for you. Do you have like a condo there? Do you stay in the dorms with the players? What? How, how is this all like <laughs> no, for no, kind of no. everybody involved? 
Condo. <laughs> Condo. No, I'm in the dorm. Now, I used to be in the player's dorm, which is a little more modern, but still a dorm. Mm-hmm. And that's where the freshmen, basically, at Missouri Western stay uh, when they come rolling in here in about 48 hours, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but they and during COVID, for whatever reason, they moved Mitchie the kid to Basilecos Hall, which I think was built in the 60s, early 60s. But it's a cinder block... Uh, Cinder block dorm room, man. Wow. It's like I'm back in my freshman year of college. Yeah, I knew it was a little bit weird, Trent, when I walked in the first day and Morgan Freeman was in the room next to me. <laughs> nice. You know? Yeah. And then, yeah. And so, and then I saw uh, the sisters kind of walk down the hallway and I went the other way and I didn't change the movie reel. Probably a good move. Uh, you know what else was a good uh, move? I think Drew <laughs> Tranquil was, Mitch Holtis, as they bring yeah, him over yeah. from the chart. I thought he had a breakout year last year. He made a lot of plays. A lot of, I saw a lot of Chargers games, made a lot of plays. What was behind the acquisition? Obviously, uh, he's gonna, they're going to plug and play, right? I mean, they didn't. He's not there to, to watch. Yeah, it's really weird when we list 11 defensive starters because within a snap, there could be a change of five or six guys. So you really have to look at about 16 players on defense to consider them first team. And so Tranquil, even though he may not be out there, depends on the call and if the Chiefs are in nickel or dime. And we went over that two weeks ago of just how inventive and creative Steve Spagnuolo is defensively. But in this day and age of the National Football League, you've got to find guys who are, you know, it's not the Erlacher type linebackers anymore. You need, if you're going to have somebody with, you know, girth and power, that's going to be Nick Bolton, who's athletic. So here's Tranquil. Tranquil's really kind of a, he's kind of really one of those linebacker safety hybrids. Highly productive with the Chargers, 100 tackles. Uh, can make big plays, can make explosive plays. He'll jump a route. But think about this in, in our division, in the AFC West. And whether, you know, the Broncos, I think, with Sean Payton, are going to put a lot more throwing to the running back into the game. It's what the Chargers do. Austin Eckler, like, leads the universe in targets by a running back. And if the Raiders figure it out, they'll throw to theirs. You have to be able to cover these running backs on deep routes. Uh, I'm going to get into that next week with Isaiah Pacheco. It's actually the next step for him in his career. But here's Tranquil, who can play that, but you also have to play the run. And Because if you see them go to that NASCAR smaller package, the Chiefs call it, then teams will check the runs. Well, you're going to have to take on blockers and defeat them. But in the case of Tranquil, he's, he's excited to be here. Because here's what's interesting, Ken. He sees the Chiefs from an outside-in perspective, and now he walks in our door. I mean, it's a well-oiled machine. You can certainly understand why they're winning championships here um, from the support staff, coaching staff, players. Um, it's just been a well-oiled machine, and I've, I've enjoyed being here. Yeah, well, when they were recruiting me in free agency, one of the, the biggest things they liked was my versatility, my ability to cover, my ability to play the run, uh, to rush the passer. And so... Um, He's going to utilize me in all those different ways and uh, made it very clear that he's going to, he's going to lean on my strengths um, and, and put me in positions to be successful. And he is Steve Spagnuolo, who he's referencing. Uh, but, I mean, this kid's been highly successful. Notre Dame kid, Fort Wayne. Um, but the Chiefs are excited to have him because they can use him in all the ways he just said. So, Mitch, we saw a little bit of Mahomes. Game two, different preseason schedule. How much more of Patrick Mahomes and the first teamers do we anticipate to see on Saturday evening? Just an hour ago in the tent, Coach said that the first team will go the first half. Mm. So it's a little bit of an old-school approach. That doesn't mean Mahomes will go the first half. 
if there's two really good series and, and they don't get stopped on fourth and inches like last week, then the first team unit would stay out there, the offensive lineman in particular, and then Mahomes may yield it to uh, Blaine Gabbert. But the heat coach also likes Blaine Gabbert working with the number one offensive line to make it real world if you've got to come in for Mahomes uh, injury or otherwise like Chad Henney had to do. So he doesn't always want the number two quarterback playing with the twos all the time. He wants to integrate him with the ones, and that's strategic. So even though Coach said ones for the whole half, that doesn't necessarily mean Mahomes for the whole half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mitch, uh, in our final couple of minutes here, we'll say Papa John's a minute for them. Obviously, you know, mm-hmm. there's only three preseason games, so only two dress rehearsals to catch a coach's eye. Uh, these next two so critical for some guys that we've talked about, mm-hmm. some guys down the roster fighting for one of those spots, um, and th- those few spots that are available. Well, let's go Hawkeyes here because the injuries to the wide receiver position and Smith-Marset came back quickly. So that's always a sign if he's like, okay, I, I can go because uh, he's right there. But, you know, Kadarius Tony's still out with the injury to Remigio's out. Um, and the fact that now he'll get a chance to flash Amir Smith-Marset as a punt returner and, and a scrimmage downs. So uh, he would be one that comes right to mind, not just that, yep. you know, Des Moines, uh, but he is one that comes to mind. Uh, the other would be the cornerback position. You have these young guys that are pushing Khalif Halassi uh, from Western Kentucky and Echo Boydo, the kid that came out of nowhere, the Dennis Quaid character in this camp from K-State. So those would be pushing and making it tough. Safety's another one. There's a talented group at safety, but I mean, they can't keep all these guys. So, yeah, we're getting right there at the fine line. Uh, the new epic garlic stuffed crust is available. Epic. Papa John's, let's talk about them. Well, I was going to call Matt Donaldson. Now, Tom now, you know, the patriarch of all things Papa John's in Iowa, does spend a lot of time in Arizona. He has been down there a lot. So I think he knows the path. I wish there was some way a drone drop, DoorDash or something, could get me one of those epic crust, garlic crust, large pizzas for thirteen ninety nine in my uh, hotel room in uh in uh, Phoenix, and guys, and this goes back to Transpoint. I shall welcome, uh, as I did in New Orleans, a hotel bed <laughs> with a puffy pillow and nice cushy king bed. I'm going to dive into it because uh, I'm again Morgan Freeman's here, and we're tarring. We're actually tarring on the roof. There's nothing like a day of tarring the roof with some suds with your buddies. Oh, sounds like a great time. Uh, some guys like have all the luck. It really is. <laughs> Mitch, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, Mitch Holtis. Boys. See you. Good to talk to you. Voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. Papa John's Central Iowa. Sponsor, Mitch. It's noon. It's time to talk to Adam Emmenecker on the Big Ten when we come back. Adam Nick, Rittenberg. Adam Emmenecker. Adam Rittenberg. Emmenecker's back, though. Did you know that? With us. Not today. Oh, really? In the season. Yeah, because well, drinks going to be good. Yes, they are. Rittenberg is next. Emmenecker will be, well, we'll get there in January. <laughs> Nick Olson will be here at 1230. Trends plays of the day. Hour two next. Miller and Condon. 106.3 KXNO.